Good morning, Walk Church. How you doing? Doing good? It's exciting to have the opportunity to bring forth God's Word this morning. And I know how it works for some of you who are first-time visitors, right? You've heard about Walk Church. Maybe you're online this morning. You've heard about what has happened over the last five and a half years. You hear about our incredible worship team. What a great time that was this morning, right? And then you hear about this young, energetic preacher, pastor, who preaches a paint off the wall, Pastor Hayden Ratner, huh? That's not me. That's not me. Oh, I love you too. But I am thankful that I get a chance to be a part of the team. And uh, the last five and a half years that we've been able to walk side by side with each other to see what God has done right here and to see the results today. This is amazing what God is doing with Walk Church. Well, the message today is a paradox, especially the title, all right? I am so thankful for Vashon. I gave him a call here a couple weeks ago. I, I heard I might be up here preaching the Word of God. I said, my favorite song of all time is Well With My Soul. Forty years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and that song became a part of me and has been a part of me ever since. So this morning, I want you to hear me loud and clear. It is well with my soul. Yeah. All right? It is well with my soul. I am thankful that I am a child of God. God saved me by grace. Forty years ago, I'm in his family. I have an abundant life. God has blessed me with a great life. I've been married to my beautiful wife now 40 years come September, ministering the Word of God together. I have three children that I love dearly. They love the Lord. They're serving the Lord. It can't get any better than that, right? And then I get to walk side by side with my church as we minister to Las Vegas. We want to change this city's theme from the city of sin to the city of him. It's all about him. And so this morning, I have the opportunity to say, it is well with my soul. But at the same time, my message sermon title is this, the flaming darts are real. You hear me? It is well with my soul, but the flaming darts are real. I don't know about you, but I've had over the last 40 years a lot of heartache. I've had a lot of broken dreams. I've had the death of those that I love, the moments of grieving. We've seen illness. We've seen train wrecks. We've seen all kinds of crazy things, but it's still well with my soul. How do I know that? There's a gentleman by the name of Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford was a successful attorney, real estate investor in Chicago. Back in 1871, though, the great fire of Chicago wiped out all of his net worth, lost it all. During the same time, he had a precious little baby boy, the age of four. He came down with scarlet fever. He passed. Here's a man that knew what it was to be like 
and to understand his relationship with God, but it wasn't always easy. My coaching days at UNLV, I always remember Coach Sanford said when the defense would go out, sudden change, sudden change. We need a fumble. We need an interception. Life is like that, isn't it? Everything's going great. The team's driving down the field. They're on the five-yard line, and they fumble the ball. That happens. It's real. It is well with my soul. But the arrows, the flaming darts are real. So, distressed, heartbroken, he came to his wife and his four daughters, and he said, it's time for us to get out of Chicago for a while. We're going to take a long vacation to England. I still have some things i got to finish up, but I'm going to send you and our four daughters across the Atlantic. In that journey across the Atlantic, that ship collided with another ship. That ship went down and sunk, and over 200 precious souls died in that shipwreck, including his four daughters. Wow. Heartbreak. It is well with my soul, but the arrows are real. So when I think about Horatio, when I think of the heartache that he must have had, but yet when that got to the point when he was crossing the Atlantic to join his wife, the captain was aware that he was on the ship, and he summoned him to the deck, and he said, Horatio, about right here is where the ships collided. About right here is where it sunk. Right here is where those souls perished. And you know what? He stood there with confidence because of his joy in the Lord. Even though he was heartbroken, it was well with his soul. And here are the words he penned. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wow. With confidence. He was able to say that. Yes, with confidence. That's what we have today. In Christ, it is well with our soul. Let me tell you why I can say confidently this morning, it is well with my soul. Are you ready? Yeah. I've read the last chapter in the Bible. I've read the book of Revelation. I've read chapter 21. And in verses 1 through 5, it tells me about my eternal promises with God. Most people today in Christianity, you know what they have? They have a worldly view of Christianity. It's Sunday. Let's go to church. Afterwards, we can go shopping. We can go this. We can do that. We can, you know, the thing. And we just kind of work it into our schedule. But when you have an eternal view of your God, it changes everything. Regardless of your circumstances. Changes everything. So I want to read to you this morning as we start to prepare our hearts for what we need to learn in our series as we see Help Me Stand. Today is our sixth installation of that particular study. Pastor Hyden has laid out the details in an incredible way. We had Pastor Ryan come in and come on top of that. And then George, the shoes, the battle, the battle shoes for our feet, prepared us for what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the shield of faith. But before we talk about that, I want you to know clearly that you can stand here today regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the situation that's going on in your life, and you can say it is well with my soul for this reason. Revelation 21 and verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
Grab a hold of your chair for a minute. Just grab a hold of it. How real is that? Pretty real? It's exactly how real Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 is. That new city, that new Jerusalem in heaven. It goes on. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Thank God all the stress and the heartache of this world one day will pass away. Can you imagine taking all the heartache that we have right now in our life into heaven and what heaven would be like? There's no way. God won't allow it. It's passed away. And then he says this as he's talking about this. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, come down out of heaven from God. Are you ready for this? Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Are you ready for this? This is not just a real place. It's the most beautiful place you've ever seen in your life. You know why I know that? Because whenever God uses the word as, and he follows that with a thought, he's drawing you a picture of how beautiful this place is. And you know what he's drawing it to? He's drawing it to a bride. In the 40 years of ministry, I've done hundreds of weddings, and I've stood there with the groom, and this is usually what happens. Are you ready? He's standing there, all cool. Family and friends are there. It's just another cool day. Regardless of where the venue might be, if it's in a church, the door's open. If it's outside, he's, she's coming around a tree or a corner. But he's standing there waiting for his bride. Are you ready for this? I'm standing there with him. Invariably, this is what I hear. When the door's open and the music starts playing, here comes the bride. And he sees her for the very first time as his bride. Whoa. Wow. That's my bride. Wow. Do you realize one day in heaven, you and I are going to be looking at this place called heaven, this holy city, and we're going to have the same reaction. Wow. It's real. Everything that we were taught from God's word, it is real. That's an eternal view of your God. Amen. That's why I can say what I say today. It is well with my soul, but... The flaming arrows are real, and they will defeat you if you're not prepared. They will take you out. The enemy wants to destroy you. So God, we thank you today for the promises of eternity. We thank you, Lord, for the very simple plan of salvation. Lord, you say if we believe in our heart and if we confess with our mouth that you are the Lord Jesus, you came to save us, and we ask you to save us, Lord, you say we are saved. Lord, there's power in that. There's promise in that. Father, thank you for your word. Today, Lord, we're full of need. Lord, we have arrows thrown at us day in and day out. Lord, we have some heavy hearts here today. Lord, we have those who we love and care for who are in the hospital today, those who are fighting depression. Lord, we pray that you encourage them today through this word. Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit in a powerful way to move through this room here this morning, to challenge us, Lord, to encourage us, Lord, to convict us, Lord, to bring us to repentance. Father, use us today in a mighty way for your honor and glory. We love you. We praise you for this time. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. When I say it is well with my soul, but the darts are real. Here's what I'm saying. We've won the battle. We've won the war. Jesus defeated our enemy. Do you realize that? Jesus wins. 
He has won the war. However, while here on earth, the devil is ticked off at you and me right now, those of us who have given our lives to Christ. Pastor Hyden laid that out for us. It's something personal with our enemy. It is very personal because we used to walk with the enemy. And now that we've given our life to Christ, he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me. He wants to kill our testimony. And what we read here in Ephesians chapter 6 tells us very clearly some things that we need to understand. And when God says something once, we should listen. Amen? Amen. But when he says something twice, do it. Do it. And here's what we read in Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Amen? Amen? Confidently standing upon the rock, the Lord Jesus. And then he says, put on the whole armor of God. Not just the helmet. Not just the shoes. You know, again, I'm a football guy. I love the NFL. Can you imagine somebody that has made it to the NFL showing up on game day with a pair of gym shorts, a t-shirt, no cleats, no nothing? How long was he going to last in that battle? You realize most Christians act like that when they stand against the wiles of the devil? They show up in their gym shorts, their t-shirt. They're acting like everything's cool. You're going to get destroyed. He's going to pounce all over you. Oh, okay then. Yeah, it did hurt a little bit after that first series. I'm going to wear a helmet. But I'm still lacking my shoes. Still lacking my shoulder pads. How long are you going to last? That's why we see so many Christians today fall out of what we call the walk with the Lord. They get tired. They get beat up. They get discouraged. It doesn't have to be that way. So God says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The plan, the very devices that he wants to use to destroy you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil one in heavenly places. And now he says it again. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. You see how God did that? He wants you to get it this morning. In this series, this is the sixth installment of this series. We've heard some great things. But today he says, Take up the shield in all circumstances. Regardless of the fact that you have the armor, you still need the shield. You need the shield daily. So he says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand firm. So what have we heard so far? Stand therefore, having fast on the belt of truth. Pastor Hyden laid that out in detail. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Pastor Ryan came in and shared the power of what that was all about. And then George, and as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And now today, are you ready? In all circumstances. All circumstances. Walking to the car, driving to your next whatever. Wherever you're going, wherever you're at, you've got to have that shield of faith. And we're going to see why. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Wow. Think about this for a minute. These fiery darts. Think about the fiery darts. Have you ever thought about those darts? Obviously, we see the, the shield of faith. We see what that does for us. But because we have an enemy, we have to have that day in and day out. And I want to share with you as a reminder of what we've learned over the last five weeks. 
But again, as I ask you to grab your chair, as real as it is, what I'm going to share with you is this. Our enemy is for real. We have people today that kind of have this bless me if you can attitude. Have you ever sit down with somebody like that with God? They kind of have the, all right, bless me if you can. And as you tell them about the promises and the power and the eternal picture of Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah, whatever. Look at Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of Las Vegas? No, the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. John 8, tells us before we were born again into the, the, the family of Christ, it says this, you are of your father the devil. Hyden reminded us of that. Remember, Pastor Hyden laid that out in detail. But I want to remind you, he is the father of what? Of your desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The next one really grabs me, because when the people have this bless me if you can attitude, Jesus Christ himself, during his 33-year run here on earth, during his public ministry, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. What? To be tempted by the devil. Why do you think you're going to be treated any different? Jesus himself was tempted. Jesus himself was messed by the devil. Read that passage, giving him all these funky promises that he gives you and I. The difference between him and you, you and I usually jump in, don't we? We jump into those deceiving promises. But this is what he looks like in action. This is your enemy. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. He says, be sober-minded. And watchful. Other versions use the word circumspectly. I've always shared this with my daughter. Honey, keep your head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel. There's people out there that you've got to watch out for. Your enemy, your adversary. Who? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. This is not some docile lion that you see at the San Diego Zoo in a cage somewhere. A roaring lion. The lion uses the roar to do what? To shock his prey before he attacks. And he does the same thing to you and me. He's a roaring lion doing what? Seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Wow. Once again, the title of my sermon today is a paradox. It is well with my soul. But the fiery darts are real. Now, what do they look like? Have you ever thought about that? Look at this picture here. Isn't that a great, beautiful picture of a fiery dart? Isn't that beautiful? How many has seen that fiery dart flying at you? Anybody? I've never seen one. I've never seen one. You know what it also tells me? It tells me how the devil attacks. He attacks with invisible arrows that play with the mind. They play with the mind. They ruminate in the mind. I think of David and Bathsheba looking down upon Bathsheba. The look turned to a thought. The thought was ruminated. The thought became a lust. 
and the lust became an action. Are you hearing me? That's how your enemy, the devil, works in your and my life. He wants to take you out. These are defeating darts that pierce the mind, that pierce the heart, to get you to think that, you know what, no matter what I do, it's not good enough. He wants to completely diffuse the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God in your life, so that when we walk out of these doors into the mission field, we are useless. And he's just doing one of these. He loves that. But instead, the Lord says, put on the whole armor of God. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against the schemes of the devil. The Good News translation says this about the shield of faith. At all times carry faith as a shield, for with it you are able to put out the burning arrows shot by the evil one. He's shooting at you day in and day out. So, this morning, I want to take a closer look at five darts that affect the mind, Okay? Five darts that affect the mind, they start the thinking process, they ruminate, they percolate, they become a thought, they become a lust, and they become an action, good or bad. I want to remind you, by the way, sin, the Bible tells us, is pleasurable for a season. He ropes you in. He ropes you in. And you know what happens? You know what sin does? Sin will take you places you never wanted to go. It'll leave you there longer than you ever wanted to stay. And it'll cost you more than you ever, ever wanted to pay. That's what sin will do to you. But he draws you in with these fiery darts to take you and me out. So what we read first is the dart of doubt. Have you ever been there? The dart of doubt? You start asking yourself, did God really say that when you're in a tough situation? Then that thought becomes more of a believing spirit you're, you're questioning if God even exists. Anybody been there? That's the reality of who we're dealing with. Doubt then lets you look at your pastor, and the pastor is preaching the word of God, and you're thinking, does Pastor Hyden really know what he's talking about? He's reading and teaching from the word of God. He's teaching you God's word. He's teaching you according to the word of God. But here's the attitude that they use. Well, that's your interpretation. In the 40 years of me being involved in ministry, if I've heard one phrase more than anything else, when you're talking to somebody about God and the power of God and how it can change your life, but you got to do this and you got to do that, they'll have, that's your interpretation. Wow. That's your interpretation. That's not what God really says. Do you realize the Bible is our guide for faith and practice in everything that we do? You buy anything new or nice, you know what it comes with? It comes with an owner's manual. Do you realize that your Bible is your owner's manual to life? You want an abundant, successful life? Get into the owner's manual. That's what you got to do. Learn it. Learn what God has for you and me. He wants to use you. He wants to use me in a, in a huge way. But the problem is this, when he gets into your mind and starts making you doubt, you know what that mixes with? Confusion. And you know what that looks like? You thought I was wearing this shirt today just to be cool. Your mind looks like this. This is what your mind looks like when it's full of doubt and confusion. They're, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. You don't have a clue what's going on. That's the picture, isn't it? Not a clue of what's going on. Rick Warren, I love what he says about doubt. 
He says this, start doubting your doubts and believing your beliefs. Yes, most people do just the opposite. They doubt their beliefs and believe their doubts. And then he says, that is just dumb. That is just dumb. Believe what God tells you in his word. Well, we continue on into the playground of Satan's world. You know what Satan's playground is? Write this one down. It's your mind. If he can mess you up in the mind, he's got you. Because again, that thought becomes a lust, and that lust becomes an action. And then we find ourselves following after something that's false, and we see that it's a lie, and then what sets in? The fiery dart of discouragement. Have you ever been there? Oh my goodness. He plays with the mind like a piece of clay. He tells you that you're a loser. Have you ever been called a loser? You don't like when somebody calls you a loser, right, Todd? Nobody likes to be called a loser. But that's where we find ourselves. God, I'm a loser. You could never use me. I can't get it right. I just can't go forward. Well, I want to share with you the passage of Scripture that extinguishes those thoughts. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You realize when you're discouraged, you're about as weak as you come? No hope. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings. What? With groanings too deep for words. That's the power. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's times where I've been down in the dumps. The last thing I want to do is talk to God. The last thing I want to do is to get into God's word. That's the last thing I want to do. It's just, it just doesn't feel right. I, I know I'm not right. I don't want to get right. And sometimes I just go to God and say, God, I don't even know what to say. He goes, that's okay, Dean. I know your groanings. I know your heartache. You're okay. Amen. That's the hope that we have. That's the extinguisher of discouragement. That's what we have. How about delay? How about the dart of delay? You've been walking with the Lord let's say for the last five years, and you've asked God for this, and you want to do that, and God promised you you thought this, and nothing's changed. You ever been there? And you're like, I am so tired. I am so tired of even trying. Nothing's changed. Why keep going to church? I go to church. I got involved. I serve. I tithe. I do all the things that God has wanted me to do, and nothing has changed. You ever been there? God says, hold on, I'm teaching you some things. You don't get saved and become Billy Graham overnight. You just don't. I'm 40 years into it and I'm still struggling. We're fellow strugglers, amen? We're not just a body of Christ. We're fellow strugglers who need a Savior. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is well with my soul. But the arrows are real. And he wants to take you out. We continue with the encouragement from his word. If you are caught up in the delay, the dart of delay, Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Amen? Amen. There's the extinguisher at work. Get the old shield up. See, here's the problem with most of us. 
we have a shield that's about this big. We've gotten enough Christianity and God's word in us just to be dangerous. And we get a little froggy sometimes because we go to church two weeks out of a month. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves. But I want to remind you of the definition of faith. You know what the shield of faith is? It's the definition, the worldly definition of faith is when you put absolute confidence and trust into someone or something. Guess who the someone is for me? The Lord Jesus. Guess what the something is for me? The Word of God. Those are the two things that will last forever. He is the Word of God. And here's the thing that I want you to hear. The thing that I want you to see. When God gives you that opportunity with the shield, back it up with the Word of God. You know what the definition of faith is with the Word of God? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Write this one down. I have to remind myself of this one most of my life in a lot of ways. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Do you know why I'm here every week? I need to hear the word of God. I need to fortify my shield because this isn't going to do it. One of my cop buddies was going to let me use one of his shield, but he couldn't get it out of the, the police station. But it was like this big. You can hide behind. I could hide behind at 6'6". But most of us have this shield. You know why we need to be here? You know why we need to be under the Word of God? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's how you build it. That's how you fortify it. So some of you who have just started this walk with Christ, you're defeated already. And that's why we see so many people that don't make it. They fall out. We see the parable in God's Word. It happens. It's real. It's truly real. But what you need, you need to build upon that. You need to fortify that shield. And when you do, those fiery darts absolutely will be extinguished. Well, the mind game continues with these darts. The fourth dart is difficulty. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it so hard? God, why is my marriage so hard? So hard. Now, I asked my wife to be really nice when I asked this question today. 40 years in September. Honey, it's always been bliss, hasn't it? Absolutely. That's a lie. It has not been. It has not been absolutely for the last 40 years. But you know the beautiful thing? When things get a little sideways in the marriage, we have an owner's manual. When something's wrong, we go to the owner's manual and say, what's in Ephesians when I'm angry? I'm angry at my wife. She's angry at her husband. You know what Ephesians says? Be angry. It's okay. It's like a baby with fever. When a baby can't talk, the fever says something's wrong. Anger is telling you something is wrong. But the beautiful thing in your marriage is this. He says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Honey, how many times have we been up till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning making sure we didn't go to bed with the wrath that was upon the situation at the time? Let me tell you something. It works. It works in your marriage. That's what we have to look forward to. But it's so hard. It's so hard to find the right job. I just can't, I just can't go forward anymore. Let me give you the extinguisher. Are you ready? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Can I be honest with you? I deal with anxiety sometimes. I'm just being honest. Anybody else? I get anxious. 
And when I get anxious, you know what happens? I try to do it on my own power. And you know what happens then? <laughs> the situation gets worse. It just it compounds. Be anxious for nothing, Jesus says. Look what he says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And are you ready? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The mind and the heart, the very thing that the devil's trying to mess with. And you know what kind of peace that is? Are you ready? It's a peace which passes all understanding. Try to explain that one to your friend at work. I've got this peace in my heart because I gave my life to Christ. He's going to go, freak. You're weird. I don't want any more conversation with you. But then you just shut your mouth and let your life be a light on the hillside. Amen? Because they can't help but seeing the power. They can't help but seeing the peace which passes all, all understanding. That's the beautiful thing about God. There's one last dart that I want to focus on, and then I'll bring it to a conclusion. This one's real. This one affects the mind. It affects the heart. And many times it's a disastrous completion or a conclusion. It's the dart of depression. Anybody dealt with that? Depression is real. Depression is, I can't go another day. Depression is, I've tried everything, and this just won't work. I got a phone call Friday morning at home from a brother of mine that said, Pastor Dean, I haven't seen you in over a year since COVID. And I just had to call you because I'm dealing with something that I know you're not going to be happy with when I tell you. And he was right. He said, for the last few months, I've been contemplating suicide. That's real. That's real. But praise God, some of his brothers caught him before that happened. And were able to remind him of the power of Jesus. And to remind him of the shield of faith. And to remind him how he can extinguish those crazy thoughts where you just can't go another day. Depression is real. My father-in-law, a physician, he was though that kind of man that could help people with their sick mind. A broken leg, what happens when you have a broken leg? You go to the doctor and get it fixed. The same thing with your mind. If you're dealing with struggles, it's okay. Go get it fixed. It's okay. But hear me. Hear me with all the respect in the world. A happy pill is not the only answer. You've got to mix it with faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. You've got to mix it. You've got to mix it with that faith. And that is what God shows us here in Psalm chapter 34. Here is the extinguisher. Are you ready? Psalm 34, verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, as my brother did the other day. The Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the heartbroken and saves the crushed in spirit. Wow. Depression crushes your spirit. 
talked about the weddings that I've had an opportunity to be a part of in all my ministry. I've done more funerals because of suicide than anything else. It's real. It's real. So real. It breaks my heart that the enemy has so much power with those flaming darts. And we act like we don't have anything to extinguish them with. We have a shield of faith. We have a shield of faith that will extinguish those. So what am I saying? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're new here today and you don't have a church home, you need to find a church home right here to be under the word of God, to build and to fortify your shield. You need to be in the word of God. You need to have your phone with a Bible app. And when you're driving down the road and you feel like you have no hope, you turn on your Bible app and just let it preach to you read to you. Why? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, by the Word of Christ. Otherwise, He will defeat you. He will take you out. Promise, I've seen it happen. Take it seriously. In closing, I want you to know, especially in the times that we're in, times of great uncertainty, be prepared. The flaming darts fly at you faster in a time of despair. They really do when you're dealing with the death of a loved one, when you're dealing with that, that grieving process, when you've lost a job and you don't know where you're going to go to work tomorrow to make a living to be able to pay your rent next month. Those are real issues. Those are real issues. And I want you to know you have an answer this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the shield of faith. It's real. Take it up. Build upon it. Let it be a part of your life every day. Take it up daily. Leave it in your car. Wherever you're at, you have to have that because those darts, those flaming darts are invisible. And they're coming at you from every angle. Be prepared. Be prepared. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it bears. We thank you, Lord, that it extinguishes the fiery darts of the devil who wants to destroy our lives. Father, I pray for those that are here today, maybe online, that are struggling with the fiery darts that have been dealing in their mind, in their head. Father, I pray that you show them through you and your word that there is hope. Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you for all that you do. We thank you for this church. We thank you for a church that stands strong on the Word of God, that preaches the Word of God, that preaches the Word of God without any reservation to share with those that we love that there is hope. There is hope in you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe there's someone here today that says, I want a double portion of what you have. I want that faith. I want Jesus to be my shield of faith. I want the word of God to quench those fiery darts that are flying at me every day, day in and day out. I'm at the end of my road. You could change that right here, right now. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus saves, the Bible says right then and there, Thou shall be saved. Forty years ago, I came to the end of myself. And I prayed a prayer 
that I'm going to pray here this morning. And if you're here, and if you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is something that he would want you to say from your heart with your mouth. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for showing me that he is real. Thank you for showing me that he can quench the darts that have just taken me to a complete standstill. Lord, without you, I have no hope. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I will continue to walk the same path without you. But Lord, today, I want to stop that cycle. Lord, come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen and amen.